0: We're now entering a critical thinking zone, so thinking caps are required beyond
1: this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into Critical Thinking. Andrew Coppins flying solo. Pat is on his way to Ohio Ohio. Uh, for a family event and uh, so I'm flying solo today tomorrow and then we are off next week. We are gonna take a break uh for the first full week of September um just kind of hit the reset button and uh and you know get pat back in the fold because we you deserve both of us, not just one of us at a time and we've had a lot of that over the summer here, but uh that that is what it is and and here we are. So today on the show, we're going to be talking about, well, football, fall, and Joe Biden calling you a fascist and other things too. But um, I wanted to start with this because so many of the right-wing media, the right-wing podcast platforms out there, all of the uh, libertarian stuff. Are going nuts, Joe Biden and his insane rambling this week on the campaign trail, or I mean, uh, talking to the American people. Which, by the way, as of um, <clears throat> today, it is two hundred and four days since Joe Biden sat down for a one-on-one in-person interview. That's right, Joe Biden hasn't had a interview. Joe Biden hasn't been seen taking questions on anything. For 204 days. February 10th. February 10th was the last time that happened, folks. The last time. That, my friends, speaks all you need to know about his mental state, and more importantly, the state of our media. Because if Donald Trump attempted to do that, they would go bonkers. If George W. Bush or Barack Obama attempted to do those things, they would go bonkers. In fact, they did go bonkers when Barack Obama hid for like a week and a half without talking to the media. Yet Joe Biden has spent over 200 days hiding away. And so as we watch the insane rambling, Joe Biden, right, Joseph Marionette Biden, Tell us that we need nuclear bombs and F 15s and God knows what else to possibly defend ourselves from the government. He can't even speak by himself, can't think for himself, and they don't want you to know it. I said this from the very beginning. It was a very effective campaign strategy to hide him away, to not let the American people know the extent to which he is mentally compromised. And I'm not talking about stupid, okay? I am talking about the actual physical compromising of his brain, okay? That's what I'm talking about. And it's very clear because when you give that man a microphone for more than five minutes, You see it, even on the campaign trail, or I mean, uh, the engagement trail with the American people, even when he's supposed to be on script. I mean, we saw him stare down like some nine-year-old girl the other day. But right-wing media focuses in on, did you hear what he had to say? Did you hear this? Did you hear that? I don't care because it's the ramblings of an insane man. What I do care about is the action that is being taken behind the words. That's what I care about, and that's what you should be caring about. So we're going to talk about that. And I want to bring this up from the perspective of what do you do when the unifier-in-chief is calling... Anybody who disagrees with him, authoritarian, fascist, da, da 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 right? What do you do about that? How do you go about handling it? We're going to talk a little bit about that. But we're also going to talk about uh, my favorite NFL team, the Green Bay Packers. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers goes on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, and um, as I've stated about a million times, the insane left-wing sports media goes ballistic over his appearance there and, and the talk of you know COVID-19 and, and rehashing. How dare he rehash something that nobody was bringing up except for, wait a minute, they've always brought it up and they continue to bring it up. We have a whole lot to talk about. But before we get into all of those things, folks, fall is here. I love fall. It is my favorite time of year. If you grew up in the Midwest, if you grew up in the Northeast, it's a fantastic time. The, the leaves change colors. It's beautiful. You can take a great Sunday drive. Sometimes it's in the 60s. You know, it, it's great weather. But can we stop with pumpkin spice everything or pumpkin spice anything? I, I just know. Now, Oktoberfest beer, yes, please, more of that for a little bit longer. That is my favorite style of beer, by the way. But for the love of God, not everything, in fact, most things don't need to be pumpkin spiced at all. Just, just no. Just no. Now, that may be an unpopular opinion, I'm okay being on this side of that unpopular opinion, because uh, pumpkin spice is gross. It's nasty. And most importantly, it's just cinnamon with some other stuff in it. Folks, come on. More importantly, apple cider everything. Apple cider the donuts apple cider, the pie, whatever, apple cider, everything. Please. and Thank you. Please. And thank you on that. It is fall. It is time for football. It is time for family. It's time for faith. And it's time to get rid of pumpkin spice. Everything. It is a terrible trend, especially in the beer world. Pumpkin, everything pumpkin, this pumpkin. It's awful, terrible, horrible, no good. What the hell are you doing? You're ruining beer. You're ruining everything. With pumpkin spice this, pumpkin spice that. Pumpkin spice the shirt. What's next? Pumpkin spice underwear? Sure, that probably exists. But stop it, stop it. No, 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 and more no. And now that I'm off that soapbox. It is time for us to talk about Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going to preface this by saying this. Obviously, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. I was born and raised in Green Bay. Die hard. I go to at least a game a year. Um, I try to go to a road game when I can as well. Um, But I will say this. I'm I'm not... I am not so much of a homer that I can't see the forest through the trees, right? I, I can... In fact, I'm probably one of the harshest critics when it comes to uh, the inability of the Green Bay Packers to win another Super Bowl with the second greatest quarterback of all time, at least in terms of the Green Bay Packers, and arguably a top five quarterback of all time behind center. I I, I don't know how you don't do that, especially since you've had one, two three potential Hall of Fame wide receivers, two of which were playing at the exact same time all the time, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, Donald Driver. I I, I don't know how that happens. I, I just don't. But I will say this. We get to watch the sports media expose itself as the left-wing hypocrites that they are. And nobody is a bigger hypocrite on this than Shannon Sharp, who had this to say, this to say about Aaron Rodgers daring to talk to Joe Rogan.
0: Said done, You can make a case he might be a top five player if he can get another championship. That's undeniable. But as a person, he's a horrible person. Hmm. He's a liar. He's arrogant. He's aloof. For lack of a better word, he's a prick. Mm. And I'm so over him. Skip, this was done. Nobody was even talking about Aaron Rodgers and what he lied about last year or what he deliberately misled about. He went on there to rehash that because he wants to thumb his nose. I did that NFL and I'll do it again.
1: Now, earlier in the program, Shannon Sharp goes on to accuse him of all sorts of things. And Skip Bayless, how dare he talk about the media, not asking another question in their reporter uh, gig that Skip Bayless used to have. Skip Bayless is all sides of everything all the time. He is just a talking head to do what? He is Fox's version of Stephen A. Smith right now. But Shannon Sharp of all people talking about aloofness, Shannon Sharp of all people talking about being a prick. Shannon sharp of all people talking about somebody being a horrible human being, the same Shannon sharp who was accused of, um, <clears throat> how shall I put this delicately sexually assaulting a woman, the same Shannon sharp who gallivants around with people, multiple women all the time, the same Shannon sharp who, um, Does drugs. The same Shannon Sharp. I I just... What the hell is this guy on? Glass houses don't throw stones, my man. Glass houses don't throw stones. Look, we're all imperfect individuals, and I understand that. But to suggest that Aaron Rodgers... Going on Joe Rogan to rehash, and it was part of a three hour interview, by the way, talking about all things NFL and outside of the NFL, and also talking about how insane the policy of the NFL is and was. Notice how they don't address the substance, but. They're so offended by Aaron Rodgers having not just a different opinion, but a different action than they would have taken because it's so offensive to their left-wing sensibilities. He is a horrible person. And this is becoming the trend. If you disagree with me politically, If you disagree with me morally, socially, culturally, you're a horrible person. I see it on the left and I see it on the right because we have become used to labeling, and thus hating the other side. We have dehumanized what is supposed to be discourse in this country. We have arguably dehumanized it to the level of nearly the whole Aaron Burr Alexander Hamilton situation have we not have we not basically just dehumanized everybody to challenging each other to a duel just on social media who who can who can outduel each other on social media who can call each other the biggest name and the loudest voice and and whatever Aaron Rodgers has a different opinion on things than you do Shannon and Skip Does that make him a horrible person? He fudged around the numbers. Does that make him a horrible human being? If so, does that also make Joe Biden a horrible person? Now, I would argue other things that we are hearing about Joe Biden make him sound and look exactly like a very horrible person. But I don't know... If I am that judge, jury, and executioner, because I'm not God, I'm not Jesus Christ, and only God is our judge, jury, and executioner. For a man who touts some sort of Christian morality, Shannon Sharp is absolutely everything that he accuses Aaron Rodgers of. Now, in that entire exchange, Skip Bayless and and, um, and Shannon Sharp go on to talk about the fact that nobody was talking about this, and he just rehashed it to thumb the nose, right? And he goes on earlier in this segment to talk about how nobody was talking about this and nobody cares about your medical opinion. Fair enough. I agree. Nobody should care about Aaron Rodgers' medical opinion. Just as nobody should care about your medical opinion, Shannon Sharp, but yet you're getting paid to sit there on a Fox Sports television set and spout your medical opinions. Yet Skip Bayless is able to do so. Yet you're afforded that left-wing opinion... And I recall you shaming people for not being vaccinated last year. Do you know that? Did you listen to the substance of what Aaron Rodgers had to say? He said that he's not against getting vaccinated. But for him, there were active ingredients that he was allergic to. And most importantly, he noticed what is going on right now in the NFL. A 47-year-old, completely heart-healthy individual, the senior vice president of the Miami Dolphins, just passed away from a blood clot that traveled from his leg to his heart. No heart issues, no nothing. His heart was fine. How does that happen? We are seeing such a massive increase in the number of heart-related issues with people who have previously no heart damage. We are seeing study after study coming out now, showing the absolute insanity, the absolute craziness that is going on. I I can't even begin to tell you, as I've been looking at these numbers, how insane it is to watch what we have done to ourselves by triple, quadruple, five-time vaccinating ourselves. The amount of issues that we are talking about, autoimmune issues, we are seeing people who have been triple jabbed who have now autoimmune issues to the point where their skin is breaking up, bubbling up, rashes everywhere that they cannot get rid of. We are talking about insane things happening on a scale that we've never seen in human history. All for what? The fear of death? If you are truly Christian, do we fear death? Do we? I would argue we've been made to fear death over fearing God. Because as Christians, we are told to not fear death. Because in death, as Christians, that means we are brought up to heaven, made to atone for our sins, and get into those pearly gates, become the perfection of ourselves in the image of God. In death, we are told not to fear death, but too often we do. Is death scary? Sure, it would suck to to face that. It would. I, I can't imagine what people are going through, but when they, when they know that maybe they've got some sort of terminal cancer or they've got some disease that they you know are, are Know that they cannot, the end is death, right? I, I can't imagine how you do that without faith. I can't imagine how you face that without faith. But because of that fear, we watch people like Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless and all the Corona bros and Corona gals in the sports media try to shame people like Aaron Rodgers who goes on to talk about in that Joe Rogan Experience podcast the simple fact that it was a vaccinated player who gave him COVID. He goes on to talk about how he wore the yellow wristband, which um, shows that he is not vaccinated inside the protocols of the NFL, inside the locker room. Everybody could have seen it. And then they talk about how he lied, and, and nobody wants to hear his medical opinion, right? Then I have a very simple question, and maybe this would be healthy for the sports media period, amen. If you don't want to talk about it, and you don't want to hear the opinion about it, why are you asking every freaking player over the past two years about their vaccination status? Why? Why? It's to root out those bastards who won't just get the vaccine, right? It is to put the pressure and the fear of God into them. The fear of the mob, the woke cancel culture mob. If you don't do this, you're ostracized. It's because Aaron Rodgers doesn't care about your opinion. Aaron Rodgers might be aloof. Aaron Rodgers is definitely a different cat, okay? Aaron Rodgers is different than Green Bay, Wisconsin. Brett Favre fit into Green Bay, Wisconsin. Aaron Rodgers is different. But the people still love Aaron Rodgers because of his production on the field. Now, I happen to have seen Aaron Rodgers in multiple settings, and he is a perfectly nice individual out in public. He is not aloof. He's funny. He's engaging. He is interesting. He's different, though. He thinks differently, and that's very clear that he's going down some sort of spiritual journey right now. But if you don't want to in the media, here's some advice. If you don't want to know the opinion, don't ask the question. Same thing goes for your politics. Why? When I watch a press conference from the NBA finals, am I experiencing politics 101? For 20 minutes, when there was just the game six, you know, Bucks win for the first time since 1970s, right? In my lifetime, the first time the, the Milwaukee Bucks win an NBA championship, we hear politics, 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 everything off the court, everything this, everything that for 15, 20 minutes. Why do we hear all of these questions about nothing to do with the game, nothing to do with the team, nothing to do with that from the media? You're the ones asking the questions. They answer your questions, whether they like to or not. And if they don't like to answer the question, they might have a a, a problem with the brass at the NFL level. You care about asking the question because you want to shove your opinion down the throats of the American public. You ask those questions to shame those of which do not agree with your political opinion. Either be left-wing like me or else. That is what this the sports media is doing. And I've experienced this personally on such an emotional level, on such a, a personal level, I can't even begin to tell you about some of the things I've seen. And I think I've told this story, but I'm going to tell it again. And I want to, I want to give you this example. Okay. So this would have been about 2012, 2013, somewhere in there covering the Wisconsin Badgers and a reporter rest in peace, by the way, who's no longer with us, um, sadly, um, passed away, um, about a year and a half after this. But this incident happened slow off season, okay? This isn't the off season. A reserve kicker for the Wisconsin Badgers had the audacity to do this. Go to a gun show in Madison, a gun expo, and wearing Wisconsin Badger gear. Not Wisconsin Badger football gear, by the way, just He had on a like quarter zip that had the Wisconsin Badger logo on it. Do you know how many people in that event were wearing either camo or Badger gear? I will give you a hint. Probably 100% of them. And if they weren't wearing those two things, it was likely Green Bay Packer gear. Now, line up 100 people in that gun expo. And how many of them would have been able to pick out the backup kicker for the Wisconsin Badgers? Hell, I couldn't have. But he posted a picture on his social media of him holding a gun. Just holding it. And he happened to have his Wisconsin Badger quarter zip on they made a mountain out of that molehill in the Wisconsin State Journal, the Madison newspaper, online everywhere. Suddenly that oh, he he was posing with a gun wearing Wisconsin gear. How dare he? How dare you step out of line? How dare you misrepresent the University of Wisconsin? And how dare you hunt or fish or or do anything that is different than my left-wing politics. My sensibilities are hurt because I saw you with a gun and you wore badger gear. Wait, what? So, I, in response, wrote an article just lambasting that. Because this is the backup kicker. He has no way to fight this, right? No way. So I fought that fight for him. Took a, that person on. That person got crushed by Badger fans. Just crushed. How dare you? How dare you have a different opinion, right? Just totally crushed. Because of my exposing of that left-wing bias. How the hell was that a story in any way, shape, or form? Period. Point blank. How was that a story? It would have been a story if he went there and shot somebody by accident, or if he went there and did something illegal. Definitely. But posing for a picture because he happened to be wearing something Wisconsin Badger? Insane. Absolute insanity. But narrative- For these individuals, Trump's everything. Now, Aaron Rodgers going on Joe Rogan's experience, absolutely, 100%, was about telling his story. Absolutely it was. But it was also about setting the record straight. And it was a fun interview, by the way. It was absolutely fun to listen to. And it's interesting to hear his thoughts on spirituality and and other things. I, I found it enlightening. I really did. But they're not listening for what Aaron Rodgers has to say, they're listening to be able to fit it into the narrative. And for left wing sports writers and journalists and talking heads on TV, Aaron Rodgers is the enemy because he thinks differently. Cole Beasley is persona non grata because he thinks differently. Yet, Shannon Sharp has a sexual assault allegation in his past. Yet, Deshaun Watson, he won't condemn that man as a horrible person, a bad individual. He just talks about the act or allegations I have never heard Shannon Sharp once, once, condemn Deshaun Watson as a horrible human being, a prick, or anything else. But because you dare to step out of the medical left wing, this is the treatment that you're going to get. We knew this. We knew this. It's still there, folks. It is still there, and it's not going to go away at any point in time. But it's even more active and even more harsh in the sports world than it is outside of it. But my biggest problem is, is that we're now in this territory that you can't go back calling somebody a prick, a horrible human being. You're the other, right? You're the other if you disagree. And I want us to have a self-examination as well. Do we do this? I would argue sometimes I do. I would argue that. I would argue that Maybe I'd do that to to Joseph Marionette Biden, right? The the joke that we have with him being a marionette. I would argue that with our the science trademark, the truth registered trademark, our Lord Savior President Doctor Anthony Fauci. That do we other him? Do we believe that? Because he happens to be on the other side. Well, I would argue there's a vast difference between calling somebody a political name and labeling them as horrible for having medically gaslit. When you gaslight people, the way that Fauci has, when you gaslight the American people the way that the Biden administration has, it's very hard to to not attribute malintent on their part, to not attribute them as being bad people. Because bad people gaslight because bad people do certain things like the Biden administration is doing right now, calling people semi-fascists because they happen to disagree with you. That's what Joe Biden did earlier this week. And, and as I sit here talking to you right now, we don't necessarily know exactly what he's going to do in that a, uh, address to the American public tonight. and you've seen so much of right-wing media take down everything Joe Biden says and blah 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 i i tend to fall into this category does what he say or says does what he says matter do the words that come out of a senile old man's mouth matter yes they do yes it does it totally does his words matter why because he's in a position of leadership. And most importantly, there's geopolitical issues. There's civil unrest here in America. You can feel it bubbling at the surface. You can feel the emotion. You can feel it palpably. When you're out in public here in Chicago, I feel it all the time. I have to be careful of what I'm saying, where I'm saying it, who's around me, what's going on. I honestly have to do that, because I don't know the reaction if I speak my mind of other people around me. Now, frankly, I also mostly don't care what other people think about my opinion here in Chicago because I know that I'm different, but it's more about my physical safety than anything else. I am dead serious about that. But it also matters from a perspective of if he says one thing wrong we could be at war with China, we could be at war with Russia, we could be was you know sparking world war 3. So in that respect it does matter. But in another respect do we have to just dive into every little thing he says and and take offense to it? Not necessarily, because part of it is he's a senile old man. I can't take that senality seriously. But I have never, ever seen a president in my lifetime, an administration in my lifetime, do what this administration is doing to the other side. I have never in my lifetime seen, if you disagree with me, you're a fascist. I've never seen that. We are going down a territory in which they cannot take these words back. Calling people who are the ultra-maga, right? Ultra-maga, ultra-maga, semi-fascists. Now, I have made the argument that there are elements of authoritarianism of Donald Trump. Absolutely there are. But there's no more authoritarianness. An authoritarian than you right now. Literally, it's just a stroke of your pen and we're going to cancel student debt. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're, we're going to bungle this and we're going to bungle that. We're going to spend trillions and trillions of dollars. It's insanity. It is absolute insanity what is coming out of the mouth of Joe Biden. Now, It'd be one thing if it was just a slip up or a slip of the tongue and, well, I didn't really mean it the way that it came out because I'm a senile old man, right? But folks, they doubled down. Corrine Jean-Pierre had this to say in response.
0: When it comes to voters, how does the president differentiate between the ultra MAGA folks who he sees as an extremist threat to democracy and the average GOP voter?
2: So... Um, can't talk about voters from here, uh, as you know, no, oh, no, I, I get you uh, not going to. I just need to say that. Right. Just to, <laughs> just to be clear. Um, I mean, the, the president has been has been really clear about the leadership. Right. The MAGA Republicans uh, in leadership, uh, they're the ones who have the platform. Uh, They're the ones who, uh, again, the extremist part of the Republican Party. uh, They're the ones who, uh, you know, folks listen to uh, in their own party.
1: So they're talking about leadership, right? The the ultra MAGA leadership of Kevin McCarthy, of Mitch McConnell, ditch. You mean the man who literally tried everything that he possibly could to get rid of Donald Trump? The man who fought Donald Trump tooth and nail as president, the man who what what are you talking about? The rhino ditch McConnell is we're, we're I'm supposed to believe that that man's a fascist. I think he's an awful representation of the GOP, but a far different awful than fascist. What? What are you talking about? I mean, for the love of all things holy, they're about as far left as you can get when it comes to being a quote-unquote Republican. Kevin McCarthy and, and Ditch McConnell are the MAGA fascists. Okay, but it's not just the leadership. Because they double down on this again they're doubling down you are a fascist if you do not believe in the insanity that is coming out of this administration so for folks sitting at home when the president is talking about preserving
0: the soul of the nation and his threats to democracy he's not referring to those individuals he's talking about republican leadership
2: well let me be, be very clear. it's not just Republican leadership. It's not just that blanket, right He is talking about in an, ex- an ex- extreme portion, an extreme uh, part of, of the party. He's been very, very clear about that. He was just in Maryland, as you all know, and he talked about Governor uh, Larry Hogan and talked about how he is a conservative Republican who does not who is not in that bucket, right He was very clear and he, he was very purposeful. In saying that and being respectful to uh, conservative Republican who are not part of that extreme, uh, so again, want to be very clear here: uh, this is not a blanket statement. Uh, this is calling out what we have seen for some time uh, um, uh, since 2017, as the president wrote about in his article, right? When you are when you are supporting a, an authoritarian figure. As we have seen, who is leading, currently leading the former uh, uh, the former president, uh, you know, and and um, and saying that inciting the violence that you are or wanting to take away our freedoms, uh, you know, it, we need to say something. He's not going to shy away from that.
1: So two things. If you are watching on the Rumble page, uh, you can do so by going to rumble.com backslash critical thinking rumble.com backslash critical thinking. But you, you see the smirk on the face of the individual who asked that question. And I'm not sure the smirk was there for one of two reasons. Uh, I'm not sure which of these two reasons, but I'm hoping it's, it's the, you, you can't be serious, you're answering this question this way, reason, or because this is awesome, thank you for uh, saying what I wanted you to say, reason. And because I believe that to be the truth, too, type of a reason. But literally, the, the White House is is saying, you, the, the person who voted for Donald Trump, you are a fascist. For the longest time, we have talked about it, this on the show. Pat and I have both said this, that what the left is accusing the right of, and what sometimes the right accuses the left of, too, is oftentimes a very big reflection in the mirror. I can't think of anything more authoritarian, more fascist than, than what the Biden administration is doing when it comes to COVID-19, when it comes to lockdowns, when it comes to monkeypox, when it comes to education, when it comes to almost every single aspect of American life. It's authoritarian, authoritarian, government, 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 government. California for crying out loud let's take that for an example right They're they're telling us that by what 2035 or so we're supposed to or 2030 one of those two they're they are gonna want us to uh if you live in California you you can't sell a gas-powered car right every car must be an electric vehicle in the state of California except for now um by the way between the hours of 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. at night um don't charge your EV, Um, don't use large appliances, because we don't have enough power. What the hell do you think, if that is the case, what do you think is going to happen when you flip the switch? There's no way in hell we're ready for the things that you want us to do, let alone what you want us to do for right now. We don't even have enough to help for right now. Yet you're a fascist if if you call that out. You're a fascist. These are words that cannot be taken back. And I don't ever use these words lightly when I do use them. Because I have called out the authoritarianism of Donald Trump. I have called out the authoritarian tendencies of a Ron DeSantis as governor. I have called out so many individuals on their authoritarian tendencies when the answer should be freedom, not restriction from the government. The authoritarian tendency towards, guess what, we're going to take away your toy if you don't say or do what we like from you. That's a great example from Ron DeSantis. Oh, guess what? Uh, your toy that that uh, tax shelter that you have a little bit of a tax shelter, by the way, we're going to take that away. And oh, by the way, now the burden's on the taxpayer because we didn't like what you had to say or do politically. Okay, we're going to go down that road. But now we're we're throwing around fascism. Now we're throwing around all of these terms from the bully pulpit of the presidency. It is one thing for talk show hosts and talking heads and people like myself and Pat to explore topics and talk about fascism and socialism and authoritarianism and give examples of it and talk through these things. It's one thing for us to do it, but for the president of the United States to basically label 50% because that's exactly what Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre just did. She didn't go as far as to say all Republicans because she knew she couldn't do that legally from the from the pulpit. But she hinted at that they believe anybody who doesn't think like them to be fascist. The Ben Shapiro podcast movement issue that we talked about last week Or earlier this week. This is another example of something that you can't take back. They're basically saying to us your physical presence, your differing political viewpoint, we're not going to take it, we're not going to tolerate it, and you don't even get to say it, think it, or breathe it. And on top of that, by the way, We can't even tolerate you in the spaces that we exist in anymore. Your existence, your very existence, not even engagement, but existence in the space that somebody who is left-wing exists in as well, you can't even handle that. The left can't even handle existing in the same space. Can't handle somebody who has a differing viewpoint. In the same room, the same building, the same state. I, I, you know, Pat and I had talked about this. My wife and I, we're going through that process of where do we want to go? What do we want to do? What what can we do to help us speak our values and live them out more broadly? Is it staying and fighting? I don't necessarily believe so. Is it staying here? What, what are we going to do? Turn it from 30 to 40% here? Does that do anything? Not necessarily no. Or do do you get out and watch it burn to the ground? But we're heading into a very dangerous territory in which you can't take those words back and most importantly, those words have consequences. because if I can't exist in the same space as you, What do you think is going to happen when we fight back, when we say, okay, no, thank you. Now, we cannot have parallel economies at a micro level, but at a macro level, we sure as hell can. And guess what happens when we economically fight back? Guess what happens? You lose, we win. How do I know that? Jeremy's Razors, great example of this. 100,000 people subscribed to Jeremy's Razors in like the first three months of his existence. 100,000 Americans said, yes, please. I, 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 wow. That's just the tip of that iceberg, right? Look at what is going on with all the entertainment and things that Daily Wire is producing. Look at what's going on with The Blaze. Look at what's going on more broadly in the media. Look at what's going on when we fight back. People consume it. Top Gun Maverick. No politics, no nothing. One of the top grossing movies of all time. No politics involved. Nothing. Look what happens when non-woke Fights that. Look at it. What is going on? The increased popularity of Getter. The increased popularity of some of these other alternatives that are out there on social media. The decrease in the relevance of Twitter. The decrease in the relevance of Facebook. The increase of the political uh, politicalization of Twitter and its influence on the process of politics in America, the influence that was asserted by the FBI on Facebook in the 2016 election, in the 2020 election, excuse me, and apparently in the 2016 election too. So when I take a look at all of these things, I just simply ask this, what, what, what purpose? What good purpose is there for Kareem Jean Pierre and for Joe Biden to speak the words that they have been speaking, and most importantly, back them up? What good purpose exists for that? I can't think of one. This is supposed to be the uniter in chief, right? That 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 Charlottesville moment that uh, Joe Biden used as the launching pad for his um, candidacy for president, right? It was all built on a lie to begin with. It was all built on the very fine people lie that has been proven time and time again. It's not what Donald Trump said. It is not what he said. Take a look at the transcript. It's right there in black and white. It's not what he said. More importantly, it's not what he meant. Now, built on that lie, they're just continuing to further and further and further and further move us down a path that doesn't end well. Donald Trump literally tried to reach out to the DOJ and ask how can we cool the temperature of the FBI raid situation at Mar-a-Lago? How can we cool the temperature in America? Because pretty soon... When you throw around the words fascist to people who take offense to that, I don't know what to do. What's going to happen when this becomes the, the force majeure on the left? When they see anybody who dares to think speak or act differently than them. What, what, what do you think is the consequence of calling somebody a fascist when they're not? It's the same as calling somebody a Nazi when they're not. They're not going to react very well to it. And pretty soon, I have a feeling this is going to turn violent. That's not good, by the way. That's bad. I abhor political violence. I absolutely abhor it. There is a difference between confrontation and being confrontational about your values, about your principles, and being violent. I do not, and I repeat, do not condone violence in any way, shape, or form. I believe that ideas can win the day. But ideas with action, meaning laws meaning putting people in positions of power to do something that's more freedom-based, that's the action I'm speaking on. But if you're going to play the game that the left is playing, I say we give them no quarter. I say we be confrontational about it. We let everybody know that these are the individuals who are causing the problem. I say we call them out. I say we call them to the carpet and hold them to account. Just as I say, those who um, have that authoritarian bent and the cult of MAGA on the right, the cult of anti MAGA and the cult of MAGA are the same sides of, or two sides of the same coin. They really are. They're both authoritarian. And authoritarianism is bad, period, amen. I'm not a fan of it. So my my goal here is to hopefully get you to think about where we're going, what we're doing, and what could happen. We're, we're in some scary times, not just because we're headed for a deep, and I mean deep, deep recession. And maybe tomorrow I'll talk about some of the housing numbers that I'm seeing, and I'll I'll use the numbers here in Chicago to show you that, plus some national numbers. We're about to see something happen that I I don't know if people are really prepared for. This is going to be some real dark times ahead of us. And it could end in some of the darkest times in American history. I'm just going to say that. If we don't stand up, If we don't demand liberty, if we don't demand better of our government, if we don't demand our government stop calling political opponents fascists, if we don't demand unification around liberty, if we can't agree upon the edges of the sandbox, if you will, We're going to head for some seriously dark times and you and me better be prepared to get into the right corners. If you will. I'm just going to say that. I I really think for myself, we're in a position of where do we physically go? That puts us in a position to live out those values. And um, when things go haywire, we're not in physical harm. That's, that's where I'm at right now. That's where my, my head and the, the prayer that I have been praying on and, and and the thoughts that I've been meditating and, and, you know, thinking on, you know, God is, is showing me that there's dark times ahead that we have to take our physical liberty Seriously. And that might mean picking up and doing something that is difficult. It might mean making a a sacrifice of time, of space, of uh, distance from family. It might mean selling a place that you like to go to a different place, starting anew, building from scratch. And that can all be scary. But in the end, you're going to put yourself in a position, in a spot, in a physical place that's going to be better for you. And that's ultimately what God's uh, on my heart has put on my heart is that it is time to do something different. It is time to physically do something different. Um, When it comes to where you live. And it is time to prepare for being different and standing up for being different. And that's why reviving liberty exists. It's time to get right with God. It really is. It is time to get right with God. It is time to get right with your values, your principles, and live them out. Because if you don't, you're going to get plowed over. You are going to get run over in this society, in what is coming down the pipeline. It is dark. It isn't going to get nasty. But if you're prepared, you're going to come out the other side bright, sunshiny, awesome. And with that thought, please be smart, be safe, be kind. And as always, Matthew 547. with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com pod24. That's rocketmoney.com pod24. rocketmoney.com pod24.
0: Meet 2024's most anticipated robot vacuum, Ufi X10 Pro Omni. With powerful 8,000 PA suction and Mop Master's dual mop pads, it keeps your floor sparkling clean. It's the winner of five best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's EUFY.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best in class all in one robot vacuum for only $799.